Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Ahmad Rashad. Ahmad Rashad is a radio producer, assistant for a TV show, and an upcoming play. Welcome to the podcast, Ahmad. Hey, thank you very much for having me. So you go by Gigi, I see. Yes, sir. Right. I like that. What's up, Gigi? Hey, how are you? Right. I love it. And I'm so honored to have you here. I mean, you know, if I had a nickname, I would probably give you a nickname, but I don't have any nicknames. So <laughs> Ahmad Rashad, that's, that's all it is. Yes, so. I'll, I'll take Gigi. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from, Ahmad? Well, I am a military brat. So I have traveled all across America. Uh, my father spent 20 years in the Navy. Uh, he is my hero, by the way, uh, which a lot of people look at him as that. So I salute to those people who see people in the armed uh, services as heroes because they really are we need to respect them uh, but yeah so i'm a military brat so the places that uh that come to mind like as a kid is i'm from virginia and bermuda simply because that's where my childhood um re uh, rests so whenever i think about something it's either something that happened in virginia or in bermuda uh, but when someone asks where are you from i just say i'm from america because there's just too many states to name. <laughs> I love it. Now, you mentioned yeah. your father served in the Navy. I want to say thank you for his service. And also, yeah. did you ever think about serving yourself at any point? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought about it a couple of times. And, and uh, my dad would say, like, he's okay with me going into the Navy. Um, we're we're going to leave the Marines out of this. You know, no Marine jokes today. Um, but he wanted me to go into the Navy. But he really said, hey, if I wanted to go, go into the Air Force. Um, and he said, go as a, uh, as a commissioned officer. And, and then the last thing he said, he was, um, he told me, he said, make sure that is your last resort. Cause he really wanted me to pursue whatever passions that I wanted to do. And, um, and there was a couple of moments where I was like, you know what? I, I think I prefer to go into the air force just because I wanted to get that type of training and, and things of that nature, uh, the, what the military gives you. So I came, I've come close a couple of times in the Air Force, you know, they let you go in at a later age, you know, so, <laughs> so I waited to like the last day before I said, you know what, I think I'm gonna stick with uh, the entertainment industry, but I did want to work in the media with the Navy or with the Air Force at one time. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Now, you are actually excelling in the entertainment industry. Can you tell us more about Power 77 Studios? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you for saying that I'm excelling. Um, I guess when you're, when you're in the midst of it, you don't feel like you're excelling in anything. Uh, it always looks better on the outside in, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so but anyway, yeah, so thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, so Power 77 Studios is a conglomerate of uh, studios uh, ranging from um, uh, audio studios such as a, a radio station, which I also am the program director of called Power 77 Radio. So, so we have a radio station, we have a podcast studio. We're also, uh, we assist people with the music industry. So if you want to record music or if you need music to be mixed down, we're even in the, uh, the indie film stage uh, of the business as well. Um, Kevin Offley, he's one of my partners. Uh, he's, you can look him up on Internet Movie Database. You can see some of the work he's doing on the indie level. Um, so, you know, we, we, we have a conglomerate of studios. Um, 111 Studios is by Kevin Offley, uh, Tim Green with Tim Foolery Productions 
he's one of the directors. So if you want to do something again with video or movies, commercials, video commercials, anything like that, we do that. And then of course we do music, podcasting, radio as well. So Power 77 Studios, we encompass anything in the media. That is fantastic. Now, Ahmad, tell us more about some of the projects you are currently working on. Oh gosh, okay, well, I'll start with things that we're doing outside of the studios and then we kind of come on the inside, okay? Uh, So some of the things that I'm working outside of Power 77 Studios, which is still an affiliate of Power 77, uh, we have a TV show that I'm working with. Shout out to Aunt Ruthie. She has a podcast called um, Aunt Ruth, uh, uh, Dating Truth with Aunt Ruth. And um, so she also is an actress and she's a host of a up and coming TV show called The Raw Draw which is a phenomenal concept. It's about uh, individuals who are looking for their soulmate. And uh, so of course you're going to be matched by uh, Ruth, uh, who is an actual um, uh, matchmaker, by the way. That's what, this is what she does full time. So, um, but, but it's an intense dating experience based off of uh, you looking within yourself to improve. So a lot of these dating shows that we see out right now, it just seems like I'm looking for my soulmate, looking for my soulmate. But really the way that Ruth is setting up the show is where you're gonna look into your own soul. And then you're gonna determine, you know, if, if you're even qualified enough to even be dating. Like she's the type that's like, if you're not good enough to date, you need to get away from the dating scene altogether. So she is a really tough cookie. And, and I love, you know, Ruth to death. So I think it's gonna be a great show that um, we're actually, we've already started casting for that and, um, we start shooting the pilot for that in the next few weeks. Wow. I love it because you must truly know yourself and love yourself before you can love someone else. So I am right. definitely check that out as well. That's, that's super yeah, cool. Oh yeah. Cause Unruth, you know, she, well, I call her Unruth, <laughs> but Ruth, she is, she, she's a tough, she's a tough one, you know, and, and she's going to question, she's going to ask you questions and really make sure that, you know, you, you are who you say you are. Because you can't, it's a reality show, but she's going to make you feel real. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you hear that. You can't fool his auntie. <laughs> no, you can't fool No, not at all. She is the truth. <laughs> wow, I love it. I love it. Now, Ahmad, diving into some of the challenges that you faced here, can you tell us about your experience, such as fear? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So... Um, and, and this is really good because it, it'll draw in closer to some of the things that I'm working on internally with Power 77. Um, so when I first started, um, you know, my business, you know, I had generated a lot of roadblocks mentally, right? Which I think a lot of people have these issues whenever you want to start fulfilling your dreams. Um, one thing that I, I want to kind of say as a caveat, it's a shame. It is a shame that when we're all children, you know, our parents, our teachers, and people who are older than us tell us these things. You can do whatever it is that you want to. Put your mind to it, you can achieve it. You know, they, they say, don't give up, you can always try again. Tomorrow's another day. You know, all of these um, wonderful phrases and expressions that they tell us as children. But then all of a sudden, when you get a little bit older, when you get older, um, those same people, those same exact people will tell you to give up, right? Um, so you have to realize that w- to, to the people who are viewing this uh, program and listening to this program on your podcast, 
you have these roadblocks because of the hypocrisy of the people around you in the past and current. And it's gonna hurt for you to, to acknowledge that, okay? Because what happens is the way that culture is designed is we're good to go. We can live a carefree life until you become an adult and you, and you have to start taking care of responsibilities. And this is where fear starts to come into play because once you start getting to a certain age, then society says, well, now that you're at a certain age, you have to have certain responsibilities and now you need to start you know, acting your age. So guess what? You need to start getting, you need to settle down and get married. You're already married, when are you gonna have kids? You should have a house by now. You should have already um, gotten that promotion in your career or whatever it is by now. You should be at this, you should have a college degree by now. Like all of these things that have been established by society now creates barriers in your mind because if you haven't achieved that dream by, by that time, now you have to kind of start showing your level of success so that society can continue to give you what you think is what you need to be encouraged to have a false sense of security, a false sense of success. Does this make sense so far? Yes, it does. And I love how you mentioned false sense. So I'm, I'm looking to dive deep into that. Okay, excellent. So, let's, so, let's, so the way that I overcome these obstacles, well, fortunately for me, I, I was already breaking some of those barriers. I had gotten into radio as a kid. So I was like 16, 17 years old. I was already in the music industry. I started my own business at this time. So I had already started the, the, my image, my brand image of this is a music guy. This is a radio guy. This is a guy who likes to, you know, uh, start his own business. So fortunately for me, I had started walking into that as a kid because it's easier to start doing that as a kid than it is when you are an adult. What happens is when your dreams doesn't move as fast as you think is gonna move, <laughs> right? So now that you're older and you're still doing that childhood dream, right? So now what do you do? So now what do you do? You have to find a way to overcome those obstacles. So for me, it was a little bit easier for me to do it because when I say, hey, I'm gonna go back and do this music thing, I'm gonna go back and do this radio thing, it made sense to some people in my corner because they were like, yeah, you went to school for it. You, you did this full time. But I still had to overcome some of the other fears because my, my, my passion wasn't bringing in money. And since my passion wasn't bringing in money, now people are looking at me and they're saying, because you're not driving a nice car, because you uh, can't take your, your wife out to dinner on, on your own dime, you know, you need to give it up. You need to give it up. And you have to overcome those cultural issues because that's really where that fear is coming from when, when it deals with your dream. A lot of times these um, public speakers, they say, you know, you're scared to fail, you're, you're scared for success, you're, you're scared of this. But all of those things are, are the, the, the symptoms, but not the root. The reason why you're scared of success, you're scared of all of that, is simply because society has told you uh, or has given you a timeline on when you're supposed to be successful and told you what success looks like. And only success can only be visualized by you and the timeline is between you and God. So you can never give up on what's on your heart. You just have to keep going no matter how old you are, no matter how crazy it looks. If you believe it in your heart, then you need to continue moving forward. And that's exactly what I did. It was me going back into radio 
despite what everybody else thought five years ago. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and do this thing anyway. And to make this long story short, five years later, I end up you know, having a team of over 20 people. I was able to hire two individuals on a contractual basis. I purchased uh, two offices this year during a pandemic. And my client base from my radio station slash studio has grown more this year during a pandemic than any other time in my entrepreneurial life. So if I had listened to what culture was telling me, then I would still be working a nine to five job in corporate America depressed. Wow. But you didn't have to be depressed. You didn't have to go through that depression. You no, no, I overcame it. So, so, so the thing is for someone who is listening to my story and they're like, man, like, that's amazing. Like, you know, I didn't get started in my dream when I was 15, when I should have, like, that's, that's a harder issue to overcome than the other person who said, you know, I've always wanted to be an artist and draw, but when I became 25, I noticed me being an artist wasn't paying the bills. So now I work in an accounting firm for Hewlett Packard, you know, and, and now I just do taxes for the rest of my life. You're depressed. I'm depressed hearing that story. You know what I'm saying? And, it's, and, and, and the thing is, it's, it's how do you get that person to go back to doing what they love to do? But, but, more, but more importantly than that, how do you get that person to go back to doing art and showing them that you can uh, make money off your art and, and, and put that belief in them so they can do that full time? How do you, how do you get that person to that point? And that's, and that's the purpose of why I believe I'm on your show today. <laughs> is to, to encourage that person and maybe I can help them out and, and help guide them, you know, um, so that they can go live their dream because everyone can. We live in America, so you can live your dream in America. If you're in a third world country, it's a different situation because, you know, the same gospel can't be preached across the world, right? But if you're in America, you know, or you're in a, a country where you have uh, access to certain things, um, whether you're considered a rich part of the country, then, then you're, you have a God-given ability uh, given by him to pursue your desires so that we can do something for the kingdom, period. Because that's, that's, that's what we're here for. You can't help someone who can't, like how can you use your show, right, to help someone uh, in a part of you know, uh, Australia you know, that's suffering, you know, to give them hope and, and, and give them life? But you're not going to be able to touch someone in Australia with your message if you don't do this YouTube, right? So, or this podcast. Um, but then you're, but you can't do it alone because someone in Australia is trying to put up 5G towers so that someone in that part of Australia that's struggling can get on the internet. So then they can learn YouTube and then they'll find you and then you can give them hope. That's the reason why when you're living in America, you have to move towards the dream that God put in your heart because it may not even be for the people here in your city. It could be for someone else 10 years from now that might just pick up on this, that don't even have internet today. Amen. That is very yeah. uplifting. Thank you for sharing that, Ahmad. Now tell us more about your experience with financial hardship. <laughs> Call Dave Ramsey. 
<laughs> All day, Ramsey. I don't even know this man face to face. But I feel like he's been in my, you know what I mean? Like, he is like, yeah. Yeah, like his foot, you know. <laughs> Change your life. Man, I read his money, his uh, his money. Yeah, I read his money. I read his his book, The Total Money Makeover. And um, I feel like he stepped out of that book and sat next to me with his hand around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel comfortable saying that because if you listen to the Dave Ramsey show, he talks to you like he is going to DDT you WWE style, you know, like. Like, that's just the way he is, like that really tough love. And and I remember the first time listening to Dave Ramsey. I said, who does he think he is talking to me like this? And I had that feeling reading the book, too, you know? So I'm like, <laughs> like man, like, this guy's really offending me. But let me tell you, it took me about three times to read the book. <laughs> about a year, two years listening. <laughs> So I had to get my my I had to get my butt whooped by Dave Ramsey several times before I started to really get it, and um, and I and and you know what he'll still rip me a new one right today if, if he was over my shoulder, but I am much better for it by using you know half of what he's what he's teaching me right um, the other half is just me continuously be disciplined, but let me tell you the financial issues that I had was. Um, trying to deal with uh, my debt and cash flow. And then at the same time, how do you grow a business and not get a loan? Tell us. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me, Dave? It's like, so I'm sitting here trying to get out of debt and I'm like, I'm getting ready to start a business. And I'm like, I'm looking up stuff like, you know, uh, cat, you know, pay loan, cat, not pay loans, but like you can, you can get advanced cash based off of your monthly, you know, cash flow. I'm like, I'm going to win, you know? And, uh, and then this, I hear Dave Ramsey's voice, do no debt, no debt, no debt, you know? And I'm hearing churches being built with no debt, you know? So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna follow God. You know, I don't want this, I don't I want to be no more disobedient than I already am, you know? So, <laughs> so here I am, I'm like, Toya, my wife, Toya, she's beautiful, by the way. I'm working a part-time job and end of uh, 2017, which was a tough year for us. Um, she says, you know what? I want you to quit your job and focus on your business full time. I was like, okay, so now we're down to one income and we're trying to, you know, I'll say, so what are we going to do? Let me tell you what we did. Let me tell you what we did. Y'all ready? Come close. Come close. <laughs> I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, seriously, this is what we did. I said from prayer, and I, and look, don't judge me. Don't judge me, all right? So I tithe a little bit of money to my business every two weeks. I treat it, putting money in my business, equally to a tithe. It was an act of worship for me, all right? We still tithe to the church. Don't get it twisted, all right? Look, look, I don't want anybody thinking it. But what I'm saying is I treated my business like a church, right? I'm a Christian. I'm a priest. So if we can tie to God to a church and we can see God do wonderful things to us and we can see the church grow because they were managing God's money correctly, right? So I'm like, wow, okay, I'm seeing God's work. Why not apply the same spiritual principle to my business? 
So what we did was we just took, I didn't say 10%, give me 10%, right? You know, I'm like, look, I ain't equal to God, right? I said, but what about 5%? And my wife is like, okay, cool. So against Dave Ramsey, because Dave Ramsey, he would say, don't start your business until after you get out of debt. So this is why he would be getting on me right now. But he might be proud because the business is, is growing, right? So I took 5% every two weeks of our income and put it into the business, $190 a month. That's how I started my business five years ago. And it wasn't the podcasting business. This was just a radio station. And I took that $190 per month, and that's how I afforded the website. That's how I afforded social media marketing. That's how I was afforded to create the blog. That's how I was able to uh, own my business you get the sole proprietorship and, and convert all that and create the business. Anything that I needed to do, business cards, get, uh, gas in my car for business, you know, meetings and stuff like that. If I needed to buy a tie or whatever, you know, some shoes, whatnot. If I needed to take someone out for lunch, for a meeting, coffee, whatever, whatever really, Starbucks. I was like, let me, let me tell you, when you're first starting off, don't do lunch meetings. Do not do lunch meetings. Like you're saying like, hey, let's do lunch. You're going to be on the bill for your plate and their plate and whatever they drink and whatever you drink. But if you say, hey, let's do coffee for all your meetings, then you're only on the hook for just your coffee and their coffee. No one goes back for two coffees. <laughs> and I was able to, you know, have my business meetings. I saved money. So my $190 a month, I only spent like 35, 40% of that a month and I was rolling that money over rolling that money over and that's how I was able to kind of grow a little cash flow for myself I was like oh I have cash flow with no business but I had cash flow and I was able to purchase things I was able to use that as leverage and the next thing I know when I finally have a service that I was able to sell this is four years later it took me four years to figure it out by the way because of business the first couple of years, whenever someone says my business blow up in 18 months, that's an anomaly, all right? But I'm not building like a sole proprietor business. I'm building like an Amazon. I'm building like a Walmart, right? So it's not an 18-month deal to, to build listenerships for a radio station. It's not an 18-month deal to build uh, a clientele for podcasts and, and to get advertisers and to build a community of people in your, for your newsletters and text messages and stuff like that. You know, we were doing events and stuff like that, right? So, so it, it takes time to build, you know, an actual organization where you may be hiring hundreds of people in the future, right? So, so I'm doing this and I'm building this. I'm saving money. I'm rolling money over. So now it's time for me to really start my business when I created the podcasting services. So now I have cash flow from, from my deal. I had money to, to create marketing dollars. You know, I was able to hire a marketing team all because I was tithing 5% into my business over a four year period. So, so people who always say, Hey, how can I start a business with no debt? How can I start a business? And I don't have a good enough credit um, to uh, get a loan or a credit card. I say, good. I'm glad you don't have the credit. I'm glad you don't, you know, you don't have whatever it is. If you have a job or you have someone like my wife, I call her my sugar mama at the time. She was my sugar mama. If you have someone that, that you know, that loves you, I say only your wife can do that, by the way, or your husband, right? 
not a girlfriend or boyfriend. Like that will fail miserably. But but if you're one, then it'll work. Um, then then treat your business and work, you know, as an act of worship. And that's what I did. So I know the long story short, but you gave me an hour. So hey, we hit. Yes, sir. And it's it's very powerful. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. Now tell yeah. us about your experience with mental challenges. Oh, you going in deep. <laughs> yes, sir. My psychologist. <laughs> Yes, My we life. are walking with the audience. <laughs> You're going in deep. So my mental issues. All right. So, all right, listen, 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 listen. All right. So look, look, like I told you about the fear and all that. So it's like for me, like fear was only a part of the deal for me, right? I'm gonna be transparent with you because it's you and I'm walking with you. All right. So I had like some deep insecurity issues and I know like fear is like the root cause of everything. Right. But you can't overcome fear unless you know how, you know, unless you can see the symptoms, right. Cause you don't even know what your symptoms are. And like, and sometimes you have like a major symptom. Right. And, um, so, so what I've had growing up was insecurity. And that was like the major symptom that I just ran across with all of the time. I'm insecure. I can't be in front of the TV cameras. I can't be on stage. Um, I don't like being in public places. Um, you know, uh, when I get nervous, I, I start laughing a lot and, you know, and, and I become a funny guy, you know. Um, um, I'm insecure about the way that I look. I'm insecure about, you know, I have a funny walk. My wife says I have a funny walk. She said I, I worked on changing the walk. Like she said I had like this, this bounce with <laughs> my walk. And I was like, what do you mean this bounce? He said, like, it looks like you're getting ready to like run, like you're about to like run a track meet or something. Like you have this bounce, like you're kind of half skip, half walk. So it, I w took years. We've been married for 10 years, two weeks. In two weeks, we've been married for 10 years. Known each other for 14. It has taken me 12 years to change this walk so that I can feel more secure about myself. But anyway, <laughs> but I mean, I had like a lot of insecurities, like, you know, really just a lot of physical insecurities, you know? And um, so, so a lot of that also kind of perpetrated with perfectionism. So a lot of people who are like perfectionists, you may be insecure, <laughs> could be a symptom that you may be battling, right? So, so a lot of people who are visionaries, a lot of people who have, you know, these ideas, creatives, you know, business owners, you know, we're creating something, we're trying to build something. A lot of us are also perfectionists and that's a cover up for insecurity. So you have to kind of get all those layers out. So you can't just say fear without knowing what your symptoms are because sometimes your symptoms are masked. So, so my insecurities just kind of kept me from, it was weird because I'm in the, in the music industry, but I was insecure about being in front of people. And, and it got to the point where I was like, I don't even like being around people. So, so the biggest thing that I had to do was, was overcome my perfectionism, being, stop being perfect, which was a huge, huge uh, weight off my shoulders. So I had a previous business before where I would not um, sell anything until my website was perfect. I would not try to market my business unless my website was perfect. And this, you're out there. I know you're watching this. and I know you're hearing this. You're there. You, you won't sell your shirt until that design is perfect, right? And, and my thing is this, you won't know, first of all, it's never going to be perfect. 
you're always going to want to make a change. And, and ultimately, this is what I had to learn to overcome being a perfectionist. The, the people who you're serving are going to be the ones to tell you what's good and what's not good. So it's better to put your product out to get the feedback than it is for you to critique your own situation. Let them critique you. Get you some beta clients. Get you some, some practice customers. Go ahead and put it out there because that feedback is going to be used to help you grow your business. So that's one of the things that I did to overcome my mental blocks was, you know what? My website looks like trash, but I'm going to put it out anyway. You know why? Because 90% of the people don't put out anything anyway. 90% of people who dream sit down and do nothing. So I'd rather put out a trash website and be amongst the 10% of the people who are doing well. That was my idea to get rid of this perfection uh, issue that I had. And when I got rid of that layer, then that's when I realized how insecure I was. I'm so insecure I wouldn't be in front of TV, but I get behind a microphone. And I was in radio for over 10 years. It's like, that was weird to me. I won't be in front of a stage, but I can talk to 100,000 people on a microphone here in Dallas. You know, when I worked at K104. But I, but I can't be in front of people with 100,000 people. Now, granted, there's this, uh, this 300,000 eyeballs looking at you. <laughs> you know, so, but I realized it's like, look, it's my, it's my personal appearance. I don't, I don't like my personal appearance. So then I realized that was the symptom. So how can you get over your insecurities and you have your personal appearance? Well, guess what? Iron your clothes, get a haircut, put some lotion on, you know, put lotion on your face, whatever you need to do, put on some makeup, whatever it is, but you know, that you need to do just to kind of say, Hey, you know what? You know, there's some unique things that you can do to, you know, jazz up yourself a little bit right but you don't want to do too much because ultimately what i had to do is something that me and my cousin used to say all the time that's just what you look like <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> you know so at the end of the day you know i was like okay i i, I can i can i can at least make sure you know i groom myself right and that's really what i'm saying is just make sure you, you you're well groomed right because you don't want to be sloppy and then after that, I just had to get comfortable with, hey, this is how God created me. This is the way I look. And I'm just going to lean on his confidence in me and grow my confidence uh, in that space. So now I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress. But now I'm in a position where I can at least get in front of a Zoom uh, interview. Good <laughs> <laughs> <Doing> amazing. <laughs> All right. All right. Long story short. There it is. That is very inspiring. Thank you. Now, how important is your relationship with you, with God? It's everything. <laughs> it's everything. It's like um, my relationship with God is to the point where you would probably think it's strange. <laughs> like if you wasn't, like you would think it's strange if you're not a believer. But like if you're a believer, you get it, right? But like, there are people who, who say they're Christians that may see the relationship and say like, you're doing too much. Like, okay, like I'll give you a story. Like there was a lady who was talking about her relationship with God, right? And she said that she had a hard time figuring out what to wear to work. And she just went in her closet and she was like, I don't know what to wear. I don't know what to wear. I'm confused, I'm confused, I'm confused. 
And she's like, you know what? I just went to Jesus like, and prayed. It was like, can you help me figure out what I need to wear today to go to work, right? Now, people will see that as weird, right? People, people he may maybe classify as Christians may see that as weird. But to me, I'm like, that's the kind of relationship I have with God, right? And, and, and now let me, let me break it down to you with her illustration to, to, for people to make, for it to make sense, for those who may think that's weird. Because she could have called one of her girlfriends, took a picture or Facebook uh, or uh, did a FaceTime live and gotten their advice and leaned on their advice for something that she needed. But the fact that she took something that was considered mundane to lean on God for, to me, that lets me know that when it's something very tough, who's she going to call first? She can call her friends first. She's going to lean on God first. So that's the reason why my relationship is on that level where I'm thanking him for a bottle of water. Like, you know, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm laying in the bed. I'm like, oh, this pillow is, you know, like, thank you. Thank you for everything. These, these sweet peas that I'm eating, mm, I don't even like sweet peas, but I'm glad they're nourishing my body. Like, you know, like, like, like I'm thanking him. Like my wife had me going vegan for like four months and I was struggling. I was like, oh, thank you for this vegan meal and then pleasing my wife my wife is happy look at her she is happy you know and then we finally got off that vegan meal i was like thank you jesus i'm eating a hamburger and some ribs again Woo! my wife is still happy you know so like those are the things that you know i have for my relationship with god and and he's everything in my life because when the get when the going gets tough he knows i'm gonna go to him as well and, um, and I've seen him manifest himself from the spirit into the physical realm too many times for me not to have that type of relationship with him. That's right. And when you and I spoke recently, we discussed how when God shows up, as my friend Daniel likes to put it, he shows out. <laughs> yes, he will show out. But let me tell you something. When you claim God in Christ and God he has to claim you too, by the way, right? So when you claim God in Christ and God has claimed you as well, not only will he show out in good times. Talk to us. But, but look, no, I'm going to say something off, off key. You ain't, we've been on this meeting for like, what, this interview for about 30 minutes now? You know I'm going to say something. Look, all right, look, he's going to show out on the good times. But let me tell you something. You know, this is how you know you guys shop when he show out in your discipline. Talk to us. <laughs> Come on. That's when you know he's your father. Because see, the thing is, God is always going to bless you and, and, and you're going to feel great. You don't even have to believe in God. He's going to bless you and you're going to feel great. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you be looking at people that don't believe in God and they got like more money than you. They business booming better than you, you know? You know what I'm saying? But, but let me tell you something. When they go through discipline, you know who belongs to God and who don't belong to God. You, you see what I'm saying? Like you, you know it. You know it. So, so my thing is this: don't. Look, I don't. I don't. I don't. I like to say, "Hey, God has blessed you," but but I want to say, "God has blessed you." When I see you struggling, and and I see how you walking through that struggle. When when you do something you ain't got no business doing, let me see how you walking then. You know what I'm saying? Then that's what I'm saying. Like, oh my gosh, that is a that's a brother or sister in Christ right there. And, and, and that's what I look for, you know, in this world that we live in today. Amen. Wow. Yeah. That is very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that, Ahmad. Now, was there a 
time in your life journey where you experienced an aha moment? Every day. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Good answer. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Like, I have an aha moment every day. Like, a light bulb went off, like, recently. Like, because I'm ignorant, right? So light bulbs always flash. It's like, oh, snap, you know? But but I know what you're really asking. Though. I know I know what you're really asking. So, you know. Um, all right. So, okay. Um, an aha moment. Actually, I want to give I want to give credit to my wife with this most recent aha moment because I do have a lot of aha moments. But to answer your question specifically, um, I think I know it all. All right, and I've been like that since forever, <laughs> and God's known it, right? So, um, so I studied so much. Uh, with this media industry and et cetera, et cetera, that like this new age of media, I'm really not surprised, right? Social media, podcasting, YouTube, or whatever. And, and the only thing that's holding me back, and this is the grace of God, the only reason that's holding me back from having an ego is because I haven't had the same level of, of success as people who jumped into my media with no experience at all. You know, it's the person who gets on YouTube and they go viral, right? Uh, it's the person who's a great public speaker and they have a podcast and they have 65 million downloads, right? So, so that keeps me humble, right? That keeps me humble. And then I sit there and I'm like, why is it that I've studied this and I haven't reached those levels, whatever? And the reason why is because I've never been consistent with anything in my life never been consistent with anything in my life. When I want to pursue a dream, I pursue it. I don't, once I reach it, I'm good. I, I, I fall back and find something else. I'm, I'm like a serial dream chaser, but I've never sat down and said, I want to take my craft and, 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 and shoot for a certain level of excellence. Never in my life have I ever wanted to do that. Never. Cause I've never been materialistic. I've never been, seeking fame or anything like that but because there are other individuals who have those types of desires or who just have better focus than me um you know they, they set their goals higher than me how about that so that's the reason why they th that i have like this gap between me and them so here's my wife who comes to me the other day and she's like you know what this is what you need to do to go to the next level <laughs> Someone's like, I already know how to do this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever. But my wife, she is really persistent. She is the embodiment of being consistent because she will knock on my door until I answer. And she's like, can I have some bread, please? Right. You know, she is like that type of person. Right. So she is like, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is for like weeks. And, and, and she's trying to get me to watch this, this coaching course or whatever. And I'm just like, you just want me to pay for something. Like, I already know this. I don't need to learn this, right? So here I go. This is a coaching course for marketing, right? And, and she knows this is what I'm trying to do right now. I'm, I'm expanding my business. I'm looking to market. Here's my aha moment. I'm sitting here looking at this coaching course. And this is someone who's 10 years younger than me. <laughs> I'm getting mad. And, um, and she's talking about things that I've, that I've researched before, but, but the thing that she is doing that I'm not doing 
is exactly what I mentioned before, is she is consistent. In the system that she has created that I am going to purchase, thanks to my wife, is a system that's going to allow me to do something that I've never ever done in my life before, which is to stay focused on one thing and delegate it to someone else and allow that one thing to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Because I will hit the reset button, I will clear the table, I will start over. <laughs> <laughs> so my aha moment in life is the reason why I haven't been successful to the level of where I've seen success with other people. Because I've always been successful you know, to what I imagine success. But now I, I'm reimagining success for me and I'm seeing it within others. And now I'm learning to use those techniques. So that is my huge aha moment. That's hopefully, if God sees it the same, I should be hitting those stratospheres in the next 18 months. It's going to take me 18 months like everybody else. That's right. On to the next level. I love it. <laughs> right, right. Now, Ahmad, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Mm. Talk to Man, I think Black Panther, he said it really good. Like uh, Chadwick Boseman, I saw a video of his the, uh, the other day. I don't even remember where he was. I think he was doing some type of um, press conference, like right after Black Panther, you know, um, had, you know, just shattered records or something. I don't know. But I just saw the video for the first time the other day. Um, and he was talking about purpose. And I realized this is something that he talks about a lot to people is purpose. And I'm always looking to see, are you a Christian or not? Like, are you going to give it to God or whatever, you know? So I'm, I'm watching this, this, this video like, wow, like not only am I hearing him talk about purpose because he embodied that, obviously, right? He definitely lived out his purpose in his short years here on earth, right? And, and the fact that his main message everywhere he went to was purpose. And, and, and he said that you cannot have purpose. I'm paraphrasing. This is how I took it. But he said, you cannot have purpose without God. And I was like, I'm saving this clip and I'm going to send, it, send this as a newsletter to my, to my team or whatever, to my community. Because like, that is exactly it. My you cannot have true purpose outside of God. Say that again. You cannot have true purpose outside of God. You got people in the back I need to say that too? <laughs> Amen to the audience. They're listening. One more audience. time, come on. You cannot have true purpose without God. <laughs> I love it. You know, and, and it's so true because you think you have purpose in your life, but without acknowledging God, it is not really purpose. You're just going with the emotions. You're just going with the wind. You're just being blown here and there, you know? Um, because if your motivation for purpose is for anything outside of God, then your purpose gets destroyed with whatever the, the motivational tool that you're using. It gets destroyed at the end of the day, because none of that is going to hold up to court for evidence of your life here on earth. That's why you can't have purpose without God. Because when God says at the end of your life, he's going to say, what did you do for me? And you're going to say, well, you know, I did this, I did that, you know, I, I fed the hungry, you know, I gave money, 
You know, I did all of this. And they're going to be like, well, who did you do it for? I did it for kindness. I did it for gentleness. I did it for love. I, I did it to save the world. He's going to be like, that is not purpose. You just went with the wind. <laughs> and the wind doesn't exist here. <laughs> or, or if the wind does exist, it's not the same type of wind you're used to. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you, you think that's air you're breathing in heaven? That's a line from the Matrix. Come on, man. Can y'all get that? Come on. <laughs> let go and let God. Yeah, so you just got to let go. So, so the thing is, anything outside of God is not purpose. It's just activity. It's just work. But anything that you're doing within God, any type of work that you're doing within God, now that's classified as purpose. It's kind of like marriage. If, you, if you're married and it's not with God, it's not really marriage. It's just two people together fornicating. But if you're married by God, then it's two people together as one. You can't change marriage laws because God is the one who created the laws of marriage. Does that make sense? So yeah, you may call it a marriage, but not in the eyes of God. When you go to heaven, he's gonna be like, no, you wasn't married. You were just fornicating. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. And thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I appreciate you for sharing your story your advice, your tips, and for sharing your humor with us. I love it. Now, where can the audience find you, Ahmad? Oh, no, I'm hiding after this. Like, I'm going nowhere. I'm going, nope, 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 nope. You cannot find me. You're not going to send me no hate email. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, only love. they'll only send you love. Yes, yes. No, okay. So you can find me on Instagram at uh, Ahmad Rashad underscore podcast coach. Or you can go to my website at power77studios.com. Absolutely amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Ahmad at www.power77studios.com. And Rashad, thank you so much again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. All right. God bless you. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. You too. Bye.